You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Hungry for adventure? Then travel to a la carte, the charming land below the floating city of heavenly delight, and join the young cook ramen for her daily dose of wacky hijinks in the new series Delicious. With a cast of eccentric, strong female characters, this wonderfully illustrated comedy comic will be out in July, but you can pre-order now by clicking the banner on the page for this podcast. Get the limited hardcover first edition, plus free stickers and an art print as a gift. Wow, stickers! A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. have something embarrassing to admit modok is actually one of my favorite all-time marvel villains i mean he's a kirby guy i love kirby's creations he's maybe the most perfectly formed super villain for jack kirby's style of drawing i liked modok he's ridiculous but didn't he invent the cosmic cube in one version in the main version he did and he also helped create the red hulks but he also has been defeated by squirrel girl and tippy he's probably the greatest second tier marvel villain when you saw a lot of the press for the show they and the way that he's certainly treated here they talk about him like oh he was like really one of the most pathetic of all the marvel villains i'm like i respectfully disagree in the books where he was taken seriously there's nothing wrong with modok as a concept he's one of those things that when you show them to people they're like oh wow comics got weird in the 70s didn't they I like that ripped on LSD space opera period of the Marvel Universe. The Shi'ar all had great big Mimbari hair. And and the DC Universe, for that matter. Like Kirby also did. MODOK is the one Marvel product we have out since Disney that is not meant to be canon. It's not meant to be taken seriously. And if you've seen Harley Quinn with that sort of intention, like, look, this isn't canon. This is them going, here are the characters that we don't give a shit about. You can do whatever you want with and just go wild. Except Marvel's MODOK goes, do you have characters more obscure than the characters that are in Harley Quinn? It's not canon, but it starts with the Marvel logo, which I had the captionings on. The caption for the opening is pages riffling when they do the Marvel open. So it's official Marvel. It's just not Earth 616. It has less of a feel of official Marvel than it does of official robot chicken, because that is who made this for all extents and purposes. But all the animation is done by Stupid Buddy Studios, which are the animators of Robot Chicken, owned by Seth Green and the gang. A lot of the writing has that same feel. Not all together, but you can't help but feel this does feel like an extended Robot Chicken sketch. But we're going to talk about the show. I think we we all have very different opinions. Joining me is Neil. Hello, hello. Elliot. Hey, hey. And Matt. Hello. 
it starts with something that I've got to admit, I cringed right off the bat going, oh no, you're going to take this and make it annoying 80s family comedy sitcom, aren't you? With Modoc being the dad who's kind of the equivalent of being the fat dad in any given sitcom, but here he's because he's a floating giant head in a hover chair who thinks he's great and can do no wrong, is married to a woman who's much better than him, has weird kids, and insert nine seasons of the same jokes. Patton Oswalt voices Modoc. His wife, Jody, is voiced by Amy Garcia, and their kid, Lou, Ben Schwartz, and their daughter, Melissa, is Melissa Fumero. Very quickly into the show, the wife's like, well, fuck this. You got to get out of here. I'm leaving you, which I'm like, okay, that's better than what I was afraid we were in for. This show is actually going to evolve its story a little bit. And by evolve, I mean get really dark because poor Modoc, who's been running AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, as a supervillain and wannabe nemesis for Iron Man, the company is bought out by a sort of Google smart investment type firm, or at least that's how it appears at first. That are called Grumble. No L-E at the end, just an L. Right. He's losing his position there with infighting at work. He's living in a shithole of an apartment. His life is falling apart and he's very sad. And of course, every attempt to try and fix things just makes things worse. Even going so far as to try and time travel and bringing forward a now different time remnant younger version of himself who's fucking pissed. Very mad and very 90s. I like Robot Chicken's style of stop motion animation. I'm always kind of back and forth. Like, they're one of those shows I go, I can take a little bit, but too much. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. And I kind of feel like I started to feel that way with this show at points as well. Well, it was the slickest Robot Chicken. Like, they brought out the better toys for this one. (laughs) And that's part of Robot Chicken's charm is they're not looking pristine and stuff like this. But this is definitely the slickest Robot Chicken version we've ever got. Other than that, I don't think there's anything slick about this show at all. All but two minor things is all stuff we've seen before. The family falling apart, the stupid genius main character who obviously is smart, but it's so limited. He's not smart with his family, with his wife, with anything. He swears he's going to change. He changes for five seconds, then goes back to being his own self. The grumble representative is every stereotype we've seen out of corporate America. There's kind of a reason for that, but there's only two things I really liked about this show. The science fight, which they give away as the exclusive clip trying to get people to watch this show. They put that clip out. And then the last few episodes with the dark timeline with the 90s version of Modoc really ramping up his, that was good. Other than that, no. This, this was work getting through this show, in my opinion. It's Mo Don't. You've been dying to say Mo Don't this whole week. Sitting here talking about it, I keep snickering at like individual images from it. One of the great unstated really jokes in it is that one of their kids is a person and one is a Modoc. Melissa is a head in a hover chair like him and the, the son is a normal homo sapiens. At one point she rattles off an acronym made from her name akin to Modoc. Right, mental entity living to induce seriously sinister anarchy. And he's like, no, we, we love Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The problem here is that the individual gags are fine. It's funny, the grumble guy is annoying and what happens to him is funny and... 90s Modoc going back in time and making sure they get to the Third Eye Blind concert is a plot point, which is just ridiculous. You have the obvious canonic blindness, like none of the neighbors ever remark on Modoc just being a giant head. And some of that stuff is great. But on the other hand, like, this is what is this, 12 episodes? 10. What is this, 14 episodes? <laughs> Ugh, it felt like a million. And it clearly could have been tightened up, like, it was feeling pretty stretched. 
the bar with no name, which is an actual thing in the Marvel Universe, like the floating bar where the B-tier superheroes mingle, which crops up in like a lot of Punisher stuff. You know, he kind of gets ousted from the front lines at AIM, and at one point he's literally demoted to the mailroom, which is funny. And he rounds up a bunch of B-tier guys to be his new kind of AIM 2.0. They're individually funny parodies of themselves. Angar the Whaler or whatever. Really obscure character. <laughs> Yeah, fairly obscure, like, 70s street-level kind of daredevil Spider-Man villain. And they've made him kind of a washed-up version of Lemmy. The best is Eddie Pepitone as Melter because of the way that character comes to an end, which is so right out of a movie that's not like this type of movie, like a tear-jerking drama, that I can't believe I didn't see it coming. Yeah, and, like, there's a ton of individually functional bits here. They don't ever quite reduce themselves to the level of the family guy written by manatees cutaway joke it's a little bit above that tier but like we've seen this a lot i'll put it this way this is less necessary than solar opposites right <laughs> wow harsh the only peg that makes this functional is the vocal deliver the humor of pat oswald if they had not gotten a recognizable and funny voice with a funny delivery to center this around, it would have fallen apart. The biggest problem here is not the casting. There's lots of great voice actors they have in here, and some that are very funny just in the, who they're cast as, like John Hamm voicing Tony Stark and Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man, who still, I think, should actually play Wonder Man in the live-action films. I think the problem is just the writing is all... I feel like I've seen all these jokes before. I think one of my biggest problems, it's TVMA, but it feels kind of like an Adult Swim show. But if this was actually on Adult Swim, they would have gone further with a lot of these jokes. Raunchier and weirder and stuff. It never goes far enough. Exactly, yeah. Modoc's minions are all wearing yellow hazmat suits. That was a bit that I liked. There's a lot of office politics being made fun of there. Also them getting each other's names wrong because they're all in the same yellow suit. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which is a running uh, through line throughout that they don't know who anybody is and have to ask. There's only one notable one among them, Gary, and they had to make it where you would know who he was by having a bit early on where his arm gets cut off. So you're like, <laughs> oh, it's the one-armed one. Yeah, and he has a relationship that's kind of funny and a little bit subversive that I like. Yeah, Matt, I'm glad you brought up Family Guy because I really, especially with the son Lou, felt almost like a carbon copy of Chris from Family Guy. Harley Quinn takes the chances and goes the crazy places you wouldn't expect it to go the dark dark places and this kind of toys with the darkness but never really commits and doesn't take itself seriously enough to make you care about what's happening either and it wants to have melodrama and that's the problem you can't make the melodrama work unless you at least take yourself seriously enough to stick to your guns yeah and they should have just stuck to absurdity for this i mean it's already presented in that style it's by the robot chicken team the melodrama always fell flat and was kind of undercut by the humor but the humor itself was never quite enough to make it rise to something notable well in a difference between this and harley i think two pieces this tried a thousand jokes a minute it's just joke 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 it never stops and breathes i don't think you have to go completely absurd or completely dramatic but it can't decide and it's going super fast harley takes time to breathe in moments and not be slamming you in the funny bone all the time with this show i don't know what age range they're going for because Patton was mainly the writer there's a lot of 40 50 year old jokes here of our pop culture 
and then really childish jokes, pratfall type stuff right next to it. The other thing that I think Harley Quinn does really well is they use the device of them being B-tier street level people to affect the subplot with Kite Man. Yes, it's funny. He's a guy who thinks his kite is a superpower, but also Kite Man is an analog for a successful woman dating someone who makes less money than they do. And your friends thinking your boyfriend is lame and, and gaslighting you into being ashamed of your boyfriend, even though he's decent to you, which is a real dynamic that I've seen when people just him, you know, like the Arrested Development, her. So they take the pretext and make it into a, an actual functional part of the show that functions on a, on a deeper level. This never does that. The heart and soul of this is the family relationship. And other than like a few tender scenes with the daughter developing her MODOK-like powers and MODOK being sympathetic, him being MODOK is just a visual gag that enables them to do robot chicken time travel jokes and stuff. There's no actual core need for him to be MODOK. He could essentially just be young Sheldon. Keep going to your final thoughts. If you tier list everything out, you got your Rick and Morty and your, your early Simpsons your american dad and then you got your solar opposites your authentic robot chicken and then you got like this and then you have most family guy then you have like season one of family guy when stewie was still evil this is one of those things where unless you're this is your lane you like the adult animation with cutaway jokes the quick barrage of pop culture there's nothing rancid about this there's nothing bad in toto Patton Oswalt's very charming in anything he's in. You know, what what does he say in Justified? Underestimate the constable at your peril. But there's no particular reason to seek this out unless you're just out of shit to watch. I give it 8 out of 12, which is the number of episodes it felt like and the number of episodes it should have been. Elliot? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same place, although I think I'm a bit more positive on this than maybe the rest of you. It was kind of background for me. I was doing other stuff while I was watching it, so maybe that helped, but it did definitely drag. You know, I might have checked this out on my own. I'm, I like Marvel stuff, but I probably wouldn't have made it past the first two episodes if I hadn't had to review this. This is for people who really, really, really love Patton Oswalt or really, really, really love Robot Chicken. I can't really say if it's for Marvel fans. I don't know enough about Marvel lore, but obviously there's a lot of B-list, C-list characters in here. You know, some of the humor is okay. A lot of it is stuff that we've seen before. Before, they should have just gone all out in the sort of adult humor. The fact that this is at least ostensibly a Disney property, I was kind of surprised at how much they actually did go for it. This is just kind of dry and a bit limp, so I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 severed arms. Neil? I was excited for this. Not like a huge MODOK fan, but I'm a huge Patton Oswalt fan. And honestly, if you want MODOK, you go play Marvel's Avengers, which came out late last year and went on sale a few months ago. It's all about AIM. It's a different timeline, different Earth, whatever, but that's MODOK. This felt like work, and I didn't watch it back to back to back. It was over like two and a half days, but I was dreading going to the next episode. So little I enjoyed in this because it's so fast-paced. After the first day, the wife asking, what do you think? I'm like, they're trying way too hard. They won't stop and take a breath. And we've seen almost all this before. If you're just a completionist for Pat Oswalt or Robot Chicken, okay. But if you're a casual tourist in the Marvel Universe, there's better versions of MODOK out there. There's better comedy out there than this. There's better animated superhero than this. Modon't. I'm going to give it 2 out of 10 mutated squirrel armadillo things that Monica drags around the office. 
I didn't even dislike the show. I just expected something a lot higher quality than what they ended up delivering, which, like I said, a lot of it just felt like we've been there, we've done that, and just recently we've seen other people do this type of thing so much better. It just really wasn't taking a lot of chances, but acted and bragged about it as if it was. It's like the guy you know who likes to talk about what a great musician he is all the time, and then you go see him, and there's like seven people there, and he's like, yeah come on, I know you can do better. I love Patton Oswalt. His first couple albums, I think, are kind of comedy masterpieces. I'm always happy to see him when he appears in anything. I used to love Robot Chicken. I just kind of got burned out on it. I was like, well, you guys kind of reached your point where you're just kind of recycling the same types of jokes over and over again. And I'm a huge Marvel fanboy. Like, I love, especially super obscure characters. This should have been made for me. It should have been my thing. I should have been all over this. And as it was... It had some good laughs here and there. The best episode, I think, is the one where they go to Asgard. I thought it had quite a few funny bits. There's a bit with screaming goats versus feigning goats. That was kind of a running gag that I thought really worked and was quite funny. But there's so much of this, it's just like, okay. I think the biggest problem is they Homer Simpsonized Modoc, which makes absolutely no sense. They made him kind of an idiot. Uh, but he's also a super scientist? Which is it? And it was very like, okay, that's lazy writing. I'm sorry. I'm going to give it five and a half out of ten times that I think, why don't they call him Balder the Bashed In or Balder the Completely Demolished? Because all he does, even in the comics, is get killed, right? It seems like his running gag of that character. Oh, look, Balder's dead again. Perhaps he should learn to lock at night Balder's gate. Uh... It's right in the middle. You can't edit it out. <laughs> That's the type of jokes you get in Modoc. <laughs>